You are listening to sermon audio from Fort Myers Community Church. For more information about how to get involved in the life of this church family, please visit www.fmcc.life. Thank you, Ben, for the introduction. My name is Mark. My wife is Shannon. We have three little girls. And if it's your first time here, we're super excited to have you guys at Fort Myers Community Church. Um, Our church is about living life together and not living in isolation, and that's the hope that we get to live together and encourage one another. And that's my hope and prayer um, for today. I get to close out a series called Everyone, and kind of like a closer in baseball, I get to throw the last pitch and hope that I don't mess it up. So, um, And actually, on my way here, I had a bunch of notes typed up, and I felt like the Lord was just saying, don't use the notes. So it could just go all over, but um, have, have some grace for me. But um, yeah, I got back Thursday night from Peru, and it was a good trip. The Lord is doing cool things down there. Our goal as a ministry really is just to engage with people and train and equip leaders on what it looks like to use something like skateboarding or surfing as a tool for ministry. And um, just one quick story. So I speak a little Spanish, like just enough to barely get around. And I had shared with one of the guys there that is from Peru. I said, man, we really need to try guinea pig before we leave Peru because that's like a delicacy there. It's called cooey, if any of you. Anyone in here ever had cooey? Okay, just Shannon, my wife. Oh, okay, okay, a couple other people. And so I was like, yeah, we've got to try cooey, and the key word was try. I didn't really think that we were going to all eat it for dinner. And so anyway, we went um, one night out to, to dinner, and they brought out, I was with seven other guys from Ride Nature, and they brought out eight plates of cooey for all of us, all guinea pig, and you could see the teeth of the guinea pig and the, like, little hooves. And, and the guys were like, the guys that are with were like, wait, this is what we're eating? <laughs> like, this is all we're having? And I was like, no, 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 we just wanted to try guinea pig. We didn't all want to just get a whole plate of guinea pig. And um, anyway, it was just kind of kind of funny. So anyway, we ended up pushing it all to the middle, and we all just kind of picked it up. It was not good. I don't know if you guys liked it, but it's, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, ours was, ours was just like, the, it was like beef jerky texture, and it was not good. But anyway, we pushed it to the middle, and we ended up ordering chicken instead. And, um, but yeah, we ended up getting to two outreach events there at different skate parks. Um, one of the cool testimonies I got to share is that when we were on uh, the bus driving from Lima to Wacho, which is about three hours north of Lima, our bus driver, by the time we got there, he literally said, I want to give my life to the Lord just because he had seen the difference in our team, which is like so cool. Um, yeah, praise the Lord. We were, we, were, we were sitting in the back, but one of the guys that was speaking Spanish was sharing with him what we were there to do. And he had heard of Jesus, but he had never really seen Christians or like interacted with Christians, just people who had practiced Catholicism. And anyway, he got there and he's like, man, I want what you guys have. And, and literally prayed. We prayed with him. And we were like, dude, what a, what a good start to the beginning of this trip. But um, we, uh, there's three young men that are down there, specifically a part of a school of ministry that that guy Craig is pouring into and investing into. And we got to bring them, all, all three of them enjoy surfing, but none of them have their own surfboards. And so we got to bring them three brand new surfboards. And um, watching these guys receive a gift, like a surfboard, you know, which may seem insignificant to a lot of people. Dude, they just like started weeping, you know, like just out of, out of excitement and joy. And um, really just getting to encourage them that they are the future of that community and of that church that, that Craig is leading. 
And then one other quick announcement. So like uh, Ben shared, we, we filmed a series of those videos. In the back, I brought a bunch of DVDs. So when you're walking out today on the right side, um, there's just a little DVD. It's called To The Ends. And that was the name of the series. You guys, are, those are free. You guys can take one. It's also on YouTube. Those stories are amazing. If you want to hear what happened, the rest of the story to Craig, would love to um, encourage you guys to watch those videos. So um, today... The reason I wanted to share that story is because today we're going to talk about another story, and it's in Acts chapter 8. And if you guys have a Bible, um, I would love to encourage you to turn to it. If you don't have a Bible, these are at the end of every pew or every row of chairs, and these are free. Like, if you don't have a Bible, if you have a neighbor who, like, I don't think this person has a Bible, like, take these home. You can have them. Um, If you want even a nicer Bible, come talk to us. We'll give you, like, even a nicer Bible. Um... If you want, like, a leather Bible, we'll, we'll, I'll buy you one personally because I feel like everybody needs a Bible. We brought a bunch of Bibles to Peru, and it's always mind-blowing to me that when you're in a third-world country and you ask people who wants Bibles, like, they go so quickly. And every trip we do, we're like, man, we need to bring more Bibles because we asked the kids at the skate park, we're like, who wants a Bible? And we gave away, like, 50 Bibles in, like, five seconds. Like, everyone's like, yeah, I want a Bible, I want a Bible. So hopefully we have that same desire here. But um, closing out the series, this is really more of a commissioning message. This is a call to action um, for us included. And I love, I wasn't here last week because I was gone, but I love that I'm now standing on the same playing field of you guys because this message is for me just as much as it is for you. And I felt really convicted as I prayed and read through this passage today. But it's the call that we would live out our faith and we would share it with the other people that we get to meet. And so in Acts chapter 8, if you're there, um, we're going to read verse 26 through 40. And this story has a lot of little nuggets in here that I might pause and just kind of talk about as we go through. But this is one of my favorite stories. It actually, uh, I don't understand this, but at the end it talks about Philip being teleported. (laughs) And... um, it's kind of a crazy, crazy thing that we see in Scripture. And I don't know, maybe we need Tim to break that down and share with the Greek and Hebrew what that means. But so verse, starting in verse 26 in Acts chapter 8, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. This is not a place that people would have just randomly gone to. It wasn't the beach. You know, it wasn't... Uh, the shopping mall, it was a desert place. And that's a lot like what it was like in Peru. In fact, I had forgot how deserty it was down there. It was freezing cold. And I actually, I came back and I was like, man, Lord, thank you that I live in a hot climate because it was like a whole whopping 60 degrees down there, <laughs> which felt freezing. Um, it says, as he rose and went, there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Now, we, right above there we read, you know, that this was the, uh, uh, someone who was in charge of all of the treasure. So I'm assuming, if you guys have ever seen the movie Robin Hood, you know, when they chase the chariot, you know, like there's guards, there's people guarding, that the, the Spirit says to Philip, go and join the chariot, that he's running alongside a guarded chariot of people, but he does it. It says, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading from Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him, 
And now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a lamb, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before his shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe, the, who can describe his generation from, from his life is taken away from the earth? And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? And about himself or about someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth. I want you guys to think about that. Open his mouth. And beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going on the road, they came to some water. And the Ethiopian eunuch said, see, here is some water. What prevents me from being baptized? And then down in my Bible, in the, in the uh, footnotes, you'll see in ver- it says 37 that was left out. But it says, and Philip says, if you believe with your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they went down into the water, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, And as he passed through... He preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Dude, I love this story because you see the simplicity of the gospel played out. You've got this person who is reading, and he says, you know, I don't know what I'm reading. And I don't know if you, go, if you guys are like me, but sometimes I'll read the Bible, and I'm like, man, I don't understand this. I don't know what this means. I have to go back and read a footnotes or a, a study Bible. And you've got this person here who's reading this passage from Isaiah 53, and he says, I don't know what I'm reading. I don't know what it is. And he says, he says, how can I know unless someone tells me? Philip, at the very beginning, has the sensitivity to hear from the Spirit. He hears the Lord. And he says, all right, I'll go. He goes to this place. He said, now run along, the, run along with the chariot. And he runs along with the chariot. He says, okay, I'll share with you what it means, who this is talking about. That God is the one doing the work. And I don't know about you guys, but um, for me, sometimes I can feel very overwhelmed that the weight is on my shoulders, right? Um, on Thursday, we, I came back Thursday night. On Thursday morning, we woke up at 4.30. We drove from Wacho to Lima. We flew from Lima to Miami. We, flew from Le- uh, we drove from Miami back to Fort Myers. From 4.30 in the morning, I didn't get home until 7 p.m. And that amount of time, I saw so many people Literally houses, buses, we were on a shuttle at one point, a bus at one point, a taxi in the airport, on the airplane. And I couldn't help but look around and think, man, there is a lot of people in this world who are lost. Like assuming that these people don't know the Lord. And um, my hope and prayer is that we will start to see the world differently and look at the people in the world thinking, man, there's a lot of people who are waiting to hear, just like this Ethiopian eunuch. Um, in the city of Lima alone, which we barely spent much time there, 11 million people, that there is countless needs. And the one thing that I want to be really careful with is that we don't ever feel like the weight is on our shoulders. When we first started Right Nature, I carried, I feel like, a little bit of that burden of feeling like, man, as an action sports ministry, this small, relatively small organization reaching a relatively niche group of people, that was like, how would we reach the world? There's no chance we can. And the reality is, is that God is the one doing the work. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes this. He says, I planted the seed. This is 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 and 7. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God gives the growth. So neither he who plants or he who waters is anything. 
but only God who gives the growth. That the Lord is the one doing the work, but there's this tension between our responsibility and God's sovereignty. That God is the one saving people. That God's the one opening the eyes and the hearts of the bus driver on our way there. There's nothing that we did other than just live out our faith and be joyful and smile and be happy. But God is the one doing the work. But there's also our responsibility of opening our mouth. Just like we read in Acts 8, it says that Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture started to tell him. And so we're going to turn to one other passage, Romans 10. This is Paul also. And this passage, I think, is, is probably in some ways the heartbeat for most missions. And it's, it's the good news. It's the good news that Jesus is everything. Hopefully in your life you have experienced him. If not, then it's going to be hard for you to talk to him, uh, talk about him. But in Romans 10, uh, verses, we're going to read 8 through 17, This is what Paul writes. He says, but what does it say that the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart? Hopefully that's the prayer. That is the word of faith that we proclaim to you because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone. That's the series. Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? How then will they call on him they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed, uh, not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the Lord, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God, the word of Christ. Dude, how then? How would the Ethiopian eunuch understand Isaiah if Philip hadn't been obedient? How then are people going to hear the gospel unless we open our mouth? How then is the question that I think about for a lot of the people in this world that in verse 17 it says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ that our actions are important. Like giving skateboards, giving surfboards, doing the backpack drive, giving food away, doing this fall festival today. They're important because it validates the words that we say. But we know in Scripture that faith comes from hearing. I don't know about you guys, but it's hard to hear something if nobody is speaking. That we have this opportunity to open our mouths and share with people who Jesus is. That um, it's not easy. Uh, I think so often uh, we can feel this weight and this desire to want to share, but we don't know what to share. We don't know how to speak. Um, we can feel this conviction. I looked this up the other day. This number is still mind-blowing to me. There is 2,200, 2,200 languages in the world who have yet to have any part of Scripture translated into their language. 
2,200 languages. There's 350 million people globally that they estimate have yet to hear even the name of Jesus. Then I'm like, man, how is that okay in the world that we live in? That, that there are people who are going to die who have yet to ever hear the name Jesus. They have no idea. It could be a person, a place, or a thing. That um, the challenge and the conviction that I had felt reading that is what is keeping me so busy from hearing the sensitivity of the Spirit? That we see Philip here, and he says, it says that the angel of the Lord calls to him. It says, rise and go, and then tells him, run along the chariot. That, that how many people in my life am I missing out on the opportunity, my neighbors, my friends, my family, because I stay so busy, so distracted from hearing the Holy Spirit tell me, go. Go and share with this person. Go and share with this person. Tell the person sitting next to me on the airplane um, that the Lord has called us to open our mouths, to get to share, that we have this amazing news, the thing that has saved us, that has given us life, that has given us hope, that we get to share it with the world. Think about Craig, and this guy is like, I've never prayed before, you know? Like, how many people are in that same place that are literally waiting for somebody to tell them, hey, Jesus is there. He loves you. He cares for you. He died for you, that there's hope in him, that there's nothing that you have to do to earn his love, that it's the greatest news that we ever get to share. That um, the name of that series comes from Acts chapter 8, or sorry, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this is the last little passage I'm going to read. And um, this passage is kind of the theme verse for right nature. Because if you guys are like me, it's hard in your own strength to go out and tell people about Jesus. It's hard to witness about something that you've never seen. And we say this a lot within right nature that no one is ever going to say, oh, you should go surf unless you surfed. In fact, this weekend, today, there's actually really good waves in the Gulf of Mexico. I don't know why, but I landed in Miami and someone texted me. They're like, are you going surfing? I was like, what do you mean surfing? I'm like, where? And I looked and it said there was like four to six foot waves on our coast. And um, no one is going to text somebody and say, hey, are you going to go surfing? Unless they've been in the water, unless they've surfed, unless maybe they've stood in the beach and they've seen waves at the beach. And it's because unless you witness something, you're not going to talk about it. And I think about a court case. No one is called to the stand to be a witness unless they were there, unless they had seen with their eyes and witnessed what they share. And in Acts chapter 8, um, or sorry, I keep saying Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 1, this is the last thing that Jesus says to the disciples, and the disciples are anxious to know what's going to happen. And I think that's the case for, for me and for a lot of us. And they ask the Lord in verse 6, they say, Acts chapter 1, 6, they say, um, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, when at this time will you restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. To the ends of, is the name of that series that we did and the idea of that whole series and the idea of that being the theme verse for the ministry that we lead is that we start in Jerusalem. That when Jesus said this with the disciples, that he was in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was where they were fixed. It's where the town that they were staying in. It was where God had called them to be at that time. And this is Jerusalem for us. This is our home. This is where God's called us. But for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they receive that power. 
He says that you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. That it is not in our strength that we have to witness. Praise God that it's like not from me that I have to share, but it's from the power of God within me that every one of us, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone will receive the Holy Spirit. And that we have the Holy Spirit that gets to live in us, the Holy Spirit that's going to empower us to leave here and go share with the people. And my encouragement for each of us today is that we will be sensitive to that same spirit to lead us and guide us to the people around us, that we will get to lead by example, live lives for, by what God has called us to do, share with the people that there are people waiting to hear right in our neighborhoods, probably right on our streets in our next door, that have never heard who Jesus is, what he's done with them, or what he's done for us. That's my prayer, that's my hope, that we will leave here today with power of the Holy Spirit, that we will get to live by example in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that just like Philip, we're going to see life change, that there is something good about us sharing and the Lord fulfilling his promise that the word doesn't return void. Um, in Isaiah, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but it says that the word goes out and it does not come back empty. That the word, when we speak, it accomplishes what God has set it out to speak. And we might not see the results right away. We might not see immediate response of people sharing. When we share that people receive it. But we do know that the word doesn't return void. It's going to accomplish what it's, it's caused to do. It's called, God proposed it or uh, set it up to do. And my hope and prayer is that we won't keep our mouth closed. Just like that passage in Acts that, that Philip opens his mouth. And beginning with the good news that from what we have witnessed in our own lives, what we have seen God do in our own lives, what I've seen God do in Peru, what I've seen God do in my own life, in my family, that we will get to speak of that to the ends of the earth. Amen. Um, I think that's it. So we'll close this out in prayer. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you are the one doing the work. Uh, that in and of ourselves, Lord, that we are broken, that, Lord, that we need you, and we thank you that you've saved us, that you've filled us with your Holy Spirit, God. Thank you that you've called us just to be witnesses, that the gospel is not that complicated, but it is not that easy, and in and of our own strength, if we leave here today and we share out of obligation, that it'll feel like a burden, but when we share out of excitement and out of obedience, God, it'll feel like joy. And so we thank you so much for including us in the mission of sharing the good news with people around the world. That God, that it is a blessing and it is a joy for us to get to share with people. That so many times that we can worry about who we're supposed to share with or what we're supposed to share. But when we witness you, just like we say at church, Lord, that we will naturally extend to others the things that we enjoy but we will only enjoy the things that we experience. So I pray that you will fill us with conviction to open our Bible, to see you, to witness you. God, I pray that you will reveal yourselves in our lives. Lord, open our eyes and our hearts to see you all around us in the world that we live. God, that there is homeless needs in the world that we know that the world is broken. We look at Fort Myers and just our own, we can feel overwhelmed at the amount of need that exists here. But God, that we know that you're at work God, that we thank you that you're using us. We pray that today everyone will feel this call to go.
because you've called us all to go, Lord, that the Great Commission is not just for the pastors, it's not just for the elders, it's not just for us that are in full-time ministry, it is for everyone to take the good that your spirit is promised to everyone. It is the power that's gonna send us, it's the power that's gonna equip us, it's the power that's gonna give us the ability to witness to those around us. So Lord, I pray that you will take away the distractions, the worries, the fear, Lord, I pray that you are gonna send us to those that are waiting to hear. How can they call on the one they have not heard, Lord? Get to be the thing that you use, the tool that you use to bring the good news to the ends of the earth, Lord, starting right here in our community. Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you for the church, the ability to gather freely, that we can open the word, that on a microphone we can talk about how good you are. Lord, I pray that we won't take that for granted, Lord, that, that we can be anywhere at any place and we have the freedom of speech to share about Jesus, that we can open up our Bible without fear being tossed in jail or persecuted, God, that, that persecution might come, but that we will rejoice in that persecution. Jesus, I pray that you will give us a heart and a burden for, for this community and for the nations. For the 20 here or have any part of the Bible put in their language for the 350 million people who have even hear your name, Jesus. I pray that our heart will break for them. I pray that our church will be a church committed to global proclamation of the good news, Lord. That, God, we are your bride and that we are the tool that you're using to bring the good news to the ends, Lord. And I, so I pray that our church will be committed to that mission. Lord, I thank you for the work that you've done in our lives through Right Nature, through FMCC, and through every person here. And God, I pray that you're going to continue to work in and through us. To all for your glory and all your name. Lord, I pray until every ear hears, we will continue to share. Amen.